You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Having a podcast gives you an opportunity to, in a sense, remove some of the paywall because you are sharing education and perspectives and and knowledge with people. You're sharing uh, real life experiences. You're sharing what someone else's normal is to give you the opportunity to reconsider your normal. For some, podcasts operate as a fun entertainment. For others, they operate as the modern version of a radio show. But today I want you to reconsider podcasting and to witness that podcasts actually are a tool. In today's episode, we're going to dig exactly into that. You're listening to Flaunt Your Fire, the brand visibility podcast where we own our values as we amplify our influence. I'm your host, India Jackson, and today I am joined by Erica Corday. Welcome to the show, Erica. Hey, hey there. It's always great to have you back. And I love being here. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I know we're going to really dig into some cool stuff today because we both like have been recording lots of podcast episodes. We listen to quite a few podcast episodes. We've gone on podcast listening detoxes Mm -hmm. and we've learned quite a few things from podcasts. So I'm excited to just dig into really visiting podcasts as a tool. (laughs) I'm so glad you're doing this because honestly, I would like this would be a very different episode if it was what I think four years ago three years ago when Pause on the Play started and I would have, you know, really thought about this differently. So I'm really excited to, you know, explore the perspectives now and how it's evolved. So let's do it. Well, you kind of hinted at that, but I I feel like we have to like rewind it back a bit (laughs) to even start with like where we are now. So (laughs) would you mind sharing like what was that like about four years ago? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, let's just acknowledge the fact that it wasn't it didn't start with a purposeful podcast recording. <laughs> it was, and it really started as audio blogs. And it was like, we're talking, we're in Zoom with questionable audio. No offense to anybody just using it, but we're not doing that currently. Um, but it really was just conversation. So there wasn't 
uh, a ton of forethought of, you know, where is this going to go? How can we reuse this? Uh, what's the sales item? Um, are there any commercials that we want to put in here? Um, what would this promote as far as what we have coming up as far as uh, in pause on the play the community or any of the upcoming events that we're going to be a part of or that we're partnering with other brands with? None of that. And I think the biggest one is, again, that whole piece of how will this like, how can you use it again? How is this not something that you record and it lives and dies in this audio track? Right. I mean, a lot of effort goes into recording episodes, especially as you get further advanced at editing and adding in commercials and things like that. Um, really doing any type of research before you come up with the episode concept idea. And so, you know, you don't want to put in all that effort into something that feels temporary and just kind of lives and dies in that one episode, doesn't get repurposed in any kind of way. So I completely agree with what you're saying. I mean, I remember <laughs> it was honestly me just being like, I don't want to type this out. I needed an article for like a blog. And I'm like, can we just record it and use a transcript? <laughs> Right. I was like, oh, well, now we have a podcast. Um, but I mean, as you talk about that, I think that podcasting as a tool can show up in a lot of different ways. So there's one part of looking at it as a tool for the person who or the brand or the company that has the podcast, right? And then there's also the other part of it of if you're the one consuming the podcast through listening to it or reading the articles, you know, how is that a tool for you as well? Um, and I think digging into that first piece of the journey of number one, like using it as a tool as the host or the voice behind the brand, um, you know, what are some things that come up for you as examples of that and ways that you can begin to think of that more as a tool? I mean, I, I feel like one of the things that I don't think people often think about, but sometimes they inadvertently end up doing it is you really are talking about the things that you always talk about. <laughs> and so just coming from a place of intentionality in that if there's, you know, three or four things that you know are always going to come up, that you're always going to talk about, they're always going to uh, root anything that you bring up as a concept or as a context or nuance, it makes sense to be able to be really clear and to create some episodes that lay out what are these cornerstones? Where did this come from for me? Why does this matter so much? You know, what are some of the ways that this shows up? How has it evolved for me? And you can constantly come back and really lay out that evolution and continue to take your listeners or the people that take in this article, the readers, on a journey with that. And so I think it is really helpful to give yourself this platform of this is what I talk about, this is why I talk about it, this is why it matters. And then you're giving yourself these future episodes that can be created of, you know, how it ebbs and flows and grows over time. And you can point people back to it. So I feel like you're giving yourself almost like a little bit of a resume of what you do, so to speak, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I actually think it's a couple of things that you mentioned. So there's the resume of what you do. And if you're selling in your episode, which 
you're not, I want you to sell in your episodes. <laughs> have Offer someone a way that they can contribute, whether that's donations to your podcast or buying your services or whatever. But number one, um, you have the opportunity to really share what you do and make it clear of like what people can expect from your brand if they were to work with the brand or with you directly. But also you touched on a word the concept of core messages. And I think that that phrase is thrown around so much core messages, core content pillars, you know, people will refer to it in many different ways. But, you know, ultimately, what you described is exactly how I would define that, which is what it is that you do or your perspective on it, that might be a little bit different than other people who do something similar. And your approach to that, what are the core mindsets that maybe someone needs to adopt or to understand um, before they choose to contact and reach out to you and work with you. Because that's really going to make that process clear, more simple, more easy. And really, it's just going to be a matter of figuring out what's the best offer for them versus are you the right person for them? Are you the right brand for them? I agree. Yeah. And I mean, people... If you listen to uh, Pause on the Play as well, our sister podcast that you mostly host, Erica, um, you're getting to witness the core messages every month on that show. I mean, really every episode and laying that out like, you know, imperfect action being required, you know, um, how the personal informs the professional, the concept of reconsidering your normal and how that brings in the diversity of diversity going from implicit to explicit and really calling things what they are and being explicit about them. And ultimately how change is really made through individual actions. It's not from consuming an information, but it's from pairing that information and that consumption in with the actions that you're taking. And so if you were to listen to any pause in the play episode, you're going to hear at least one of those underlying themes come up in the conversation. Even if it's a guest episode, those guest episode themes and topics were still selected to support these core concepts that you can expect when you work with pause in the play or with you directly, Erica. I also want to acknowledge that things that maybe just started off as you know, core message themes, they, some of them have evolved and some of them have become not only just core messages, but uh, you could almost call them catchphrases and, and they're, they're yes. trademarked. Like, so imperfect allyship is trademarked by pause on the play. And so having this content that supports something that is trademarked that we regularly talk about and that has, you know, episodes that Included in the title, episodes that bring it up in the episode, it, it makes it really easy for someone to be able to figure out, well, I don't know what this is. What does this mean? They can come and explore what that means. If people are like, hey, can you come talk about this on, on my show? They know exactly what they're getting themselves into. If somebody wants to be a client or somebody wants to become a member in the community, they're able to explore exactly what that is. And so being able to have things to just point you right back to it, it really does give you these things that you can solidify and grow and really amplify within your business. And imperfect allyship is a great example of that. Absolutely. Um, and, and we've been jokingly trying to find a way to incorporate that phrase into as many things as possible <laughs> since we've made the investment with AWB Firm. Shout out to them for helping us trademark that name. Yes. <laughs> 
But uh, one of the things that just came up for me as you were sharing was like, I feel like so many people for a period of time were talking about thought leadership, especially in like the business entrepreneur world online and the public speaking world and uh, thought leaders. And I feel like that phrase, anytime you have a trending phrase to use, you know, can end up meaning a million different things to a million different people. But for me, when I think about thought leadership, I think that if you're really looking at your podcast as a tool, it's also a tool for thought leadership. And part of thought leadership is having specific thoughts about things. So if that. you are, <laughs> right. So if you're like picking your core messages in a way that aren't just strategic, right? They don't just make sense for what you have to sell or offer or for what matters to you and what your values are, but they also like, spark something inside of you that you're passionate about, then there's no way that you're not going to just naturally continue to talk about that. And that becomes what you are known for. You are the thought leader in those topics, in those concepts. You're changing the way people think about those things. I think that unfortunately, thought leadership is something that has just been thrown around and overly diluted. And I do think that we all have, you know, opinions and takes on things, but it does take some extra steps, some extra initiative, some additional movement forward um, and intentionality to really be clear on, you know, regardless of what the thoughts are that I'm going to bring you this is kind of the perspective that I'm going to be approaching this from. It, you have to make it clear that there's some type of basis that you're going to come from that makes yours unique, that makes it specifically your brand. And if somebody's going to have me on, then they're already going to know. She's going to talk about DEI. She's going to curse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, she's going to be you know, this is not going to be just numbers and facts and she's going to regurgitate a book. She's going to give you actual conversation and she's going to ask you some stuff that's going to make you pause for a minute. If they have you on India, you're not going to come on and say yes to all of the prescriptive branding stuff that does nothing for anybody, but end up having us being the product being utilized by our marketing platforms. You are going to push against that stereotype. You are going to give people um, ways to visualize and conceptualize being a brand and being visible in a way that doesn't fit for everybody, but it fits perfectly for you. And it's important that you are clear on what that is, because if not, nobody else is going to be clear on it. And you definitely can't put it into podcast episodes on a consistent basis. Absolutely. Um, and it's... Uh, another conversation for another episode, but it's absolutely why I believe that when you're working on your brand's core messages, it shouldn't be something that an outside service provider like myself or a copywriter comes up with for you. It should be something that is a collaborative process where they are extracting the thoughts that you already have, the unpopular opinions, the different perspective that you already have, and just putting that and packaging it up in a very neat way that would be easy for anyone in your team that is supporting you or any contractors that you may hire outside service providers to understand. Because when it's completely coming from someone else, it's going to be more challenging for you to embody their thought leadership. That's their thoughts and not yours anymore at that point. 
Correct. And the reality is, is that it's what makes you different. And if part of what makes you different is having an opinion that's contrary to the mainstream opinion, it absolutely has to be yours. Because if it's not yours, you can't fully body it. You can't fully own it. And if you can't do that, then that means that you're going to have trouble being able to talk about it over and over and over and over again. (laughs) So you hinted at that, but I, I think it's important to be explicit about it, that while podcasts are a tool, I would say one of the biggest challenges that I personally have faced in podcasting and putting out like as many episodes as we've had together and separately and on other people's shows is the fact that my creative mind that has all the ideas wants to talk about new things all the time. But when you are looking at podcasts, especially your own or being a guest and others as a tool for your thought leadership and really being known for a specific way of thinking or approaching something, you have to be consistent and you will be talking about the same things over and over and over and over again. So I jokingly say like to you all the time, Erica, if if you feel bored about what you're talking about, it's a good sign. And maybe we need to find a new spin on it, but it means you're being consistent. (laughs) Facts. All facts. You've heard the podcast. Now it's time to join Erica and I inside Pause on the Play of the Community, a hub of professionals and entrepreneurs connecting at the intersection of values and visibility. Inside Pause on the Play of the Community, we are taking imperfect actions together and creating a global impact that extends far beyond what we sell as we weave our values into our brands. And each month inside Pause on the Play of the Community, you get access to live workshops, And you also get access to our entire library of workshop replays that you can access 24-7 on demand at any time that you'd like from both your computer as well as a mobile app. Head on over and join us today at pauseontheplay.com slash community. Again, that is pauseontheplay.com slash community. Now back to the show. I want to switch gears for a second, though. So we were talking about, number one, you know, podcasting, being a tool for thought leadership, your core messages, and being known for something. But um, I also think it's a tool for being able to really take a, a consideration of what matters to you, right? What are your values? What do you want to contribute to the world? Having a podcast, in my opinion, is a privilege. It's something that has the ability to reach many people to impact people's lives. And it is something that also requires a certain amount of access and financial or tech privilege as well that many people don't have. It's not a free platform. Our podcast in particular uh, costs us what, Eric, about three Gs a month minimum. Yes, ma'am. Shout out to donating to the podcast. Absolutely. I will make sure you have the link for that. <laughs> but it's it's not a free platform. And so just acknowledging that putting out a quality production does have a certain amount of privilege to that and access to that. And in recognizing that, it's also an opportunity to explore how do you want to use that privilege? So one of the first things that pops up on my radar as someone who doesn't just talk about amplifying your influence, doesn't just talk about flaunting your fire, but like it's a part of who I am to do that just in my innate nature, to want to amplify others, to want to share platforms, is visiting like podcasts 
are a tool to do that, to share your platform with others, to be able to introduce your audience, whether that's listeners, readers, social media subscribers when you're resharing episodes, newsletter subscribers, whatever that is, to other brands, to other humans that you want to amplify, whether that's because they have similar values to you, whether that's because they're coming from demographics or backgrounds that are typically um, underrepresented, or uh, they're coming out with something new and they're not as well known, but you know it's the beautiful, perfect fit for your people. But I just look at podcasting as an opportunity to truly say, I have this and I want to share this with you. What are your thoughts on that? I feel like in some ways, having a podcast is kind of like, hey, come on into my home. Because this is our home, you know, for the earwaves, I guess. You could call it. <laughs> but it's very much like you're inviting someone into your home. They're having an open and honest and vulnerable conversation with you. You know, you're talking about things that go, you know, but you know, deep below the surface sometimes. And we're, you know, talking about things that sometimes aren't even easy. And like, when I think about that, I think about when we had the episode um, with Safe House on Pause on the Play, like that was a very deep subject to, to go into. And I think when you think about who you bring into your home, of course, there are going to be people that you bring in because you want to break bread with them, because you want to have, you know, quality connections with them, because you want to introduce them to other people that you know, because you know they're awesome and other people need to know their awesomeness. And I feel like it's very similar. You know, I look at, you know, pause on the play as an opportunity to share people that not only have created awesome things, but in some of these cases have services that they offer. They have actual physical things, whether that's books, candles, you know, crystals, whatever that thing is. And I think it's an opportunity to be able to let you know about a concept, an item, a thought process, or a service provider, or just a human that you didn't know about. And it's an opportunity to be able to kind of just have you show up and, you know, like you went to Sonic, I'm gonna roll up to your door on these skates and just kind of give you this whole platter. Goodness. <laughs> like, I love it. Do they still use the skates there? <laughs> I haven't seen that in a while. <laughs> no. And I would be petrified as I have seen them go wrong. They just run into your car. Which oh, my gosh. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Shout but out that. to people at Sonic. <laughs> right. Oh. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. I mean, and I think even if you've heard of the person before, hypothetically, right? It's an opportunity to learn another side of them that maybe you haven't witnessed before. You know, we've had guests more than once on the podcast, and each time they're revealing a different side of themselves or a different side of their way that they think or their lived experience. And so even that just is an incredible opportunity. Um, and community is just so important to both of us. So I think we could go on and on about that. Um, one of the other things on my radar is something that I know is very, very important to you. Diversity, equity, inclusion is what you do. It's who you are. And part of that is also, you know, giving back. And one of the things that I think a podcast can be a tool for as well is being able to give back to the community, whether that mm -hmm. is a specific community or that's just your general audience. Um, you know, not everyone who is 
consuming a podcast is quite ready or able to invest in working with that brand if they're a service provider um, or buying the services that are mentioned in their sponsorships if they're not a service provider, but they have sponsors. And so I think that there's an incredible opportunity to view every week that you choose to show up and record episodes as a part of giving back because when you're providing value, you are providing value. There is something there. And I think that that's important to keep top of mind, whether you're a podcast guest on someone else's show or whether you have your own show, is that you have value that you're bringing to the table, whether that's your stories that no one else could ever duplicate because they haven't lived your life, or that's education that you're providing. Um, all of those things add up to creating change and impact in someone else's life. And you said the main thing that was coming to mind for me, and that was education. And the reality is, is that education currently in the U.S., and I mean, I think on a global um, front, like it's it's gate kept and it's behind a paywall. Yes. But that's not how education started for any you know, part of our culture. Education was something that was passed down generationally and and spread through groups of people. It wasn't something to be gatekept and and you have to pay for it and only a select few people can can afford it. That wasn't the intentionality behind it. And so having a podcast gives you an opportunity to, you know, in a sense, remove some of the paywall because you are sharing uh, education and perspectives and and knowledge with people. You're sharing uh, real life experiences. You're sharing what someone else's normal is to give you the opportunity to reconsider your normal. And all of those things are a part of education. Education isn't just intellectualizing something and putting it in a book. Education is about sharing experiences, concepts, and contacts with others in order to grow and to learn from it. And being able to do that does have a value to it. And it's got a value, honestly, that can't have a dollar sign attached to it. Well, and I feel completely in alignment with what you said. Uh, (laughs) One of the things that pops up on my radar is even the education that doesn't have the paywall, but the more traditional sense. So like high school, middle school, elementary, depending on the podcast. I don't know if you necessarily want them listening to the podcast just yet. But you know what's funny? I'm going to pause you on it. It does have a paywall. You know what the paywall is? How much money do you make in order to be able to live in a place where you have access to better education? It does have a paywall. Facts. Sadly. Facts. We're house hunting. And yes, I've definitely been taking note of the ratings of the schools Mm -hmm. based on the pricing of the house. (laughs) <laughs> yep. So even free so school is, very is behind a paywall. It's all behind a paywall. All of it. But can we also acknowledge even in like the best public school, there are so many gaps, even in the best private school. And yes. I'm just going to speak from my own experience. I can't speak for everyone else's, but being a college graduate and paying a lot of money to go to a very specific school <laughs> for what I wanted to do. Um there was just so many gaps there as well that you find yourself like missing a whole other area. Um, I think Mm -hmm. that there's a lot that just needs to be revisited with the education system. And that's another conversation for another day, but it is not in response to what's happening in the world right now. Um, And therefore it might be giving you 
how to memorize these things, but not how to actually apply right. these things into the workplace. And it's very prescriptive. And it one, you know, this one formula fits everybody. And we all know that that's not true. And that's where having the benefit of being able to fill in those gaps in your education and the ways that you want and need them. This is where you're kind of trying to seek them out. And podcasts have become one of those tools to help with the filling in of those gaps. It's kind of become this like educational putty to kind of come <laughs> in and fill it in because otherwise, you know, you're given this, this model and it's assumed that anything else that you need, either you already have it or you don't need it because they're not going to give it to you. But we all have nuances about us. And what is going to fill that is really a very um, personalized thing. And so we have to seek out what gives us that additional knowledge base. And we have to be able to do it in a way that works for us. And podcast is something that works for people that they need it in a more conversational way, or maybe they need to be able to have the audio and the written version of it so that they can do it on their time, but they can absorb it in the way that their brain and their body can actually integrate it versus just letting it be in liminal space because they didn't truly get to hold it. Hold and, up, and- pause. <laughs> Absolutely to everything you said, but I wonder mm-hmm. if maybe mm-hmm. there's some things in the middle of the consumption and the integration that might have gotten missed. And I just say that because I know me, right? I listen mm-hmm. to other podcasts. Sometimes I listen to Pause in the Play podcast because I'm not on every interview, so I, I want to be able to hear the replay of what happened and be abreast of the great conversations you're having there. But I also listen to other podcasts. Some are entertainment, some are educational, some are business related, you name it. And I know for me, when I am listening, nine times out of 10, I am driving somewhere. I am working out in some capacity, whether that's at home, in the gym, on the treadmill, on a run. I'm doing something else. It is not getting my undivided attention. I mean, mm-hmm. Let's just be real. Um, right. And so I just wonder, like, what does that look like for you? And if that looks anything similar as it does to me, what are the implications of going from it not having your undivided attention to actually taking action? <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> I see where you're going. Okay. So I th- I do think that we live such fast paced lives and it's just constantly trying to push as much in as we can. And I do think that there is the detriment of constantly just taking in and consuming and not actually integrating, not actually getting true takeaways and making them a part of your, um, you know, habits or routines or mindset. And yes, there is a place to where you do need to pause and get those one or two takeaways, Um, especially if you're listening a lot, you know, limiting it to one is honestly preferable. So you're not doing too much at a time. And being able to utilize that as your way to actually address, like, did I absorb this or did I, was it just background noise? And the beauty is you can always listen again. But I do think it's important to 
figure out if there's something that you got from it and what's next. What do I do with this? What is the step that I'm going to take beyond just consuming this content that made it actually actionable for me and in support of where I want to go? Now, the beauty is, is we have so much content that we can take in that sometimes you might have to listen to something in a few different ways on a few different occasions for it to stick. But you do want to be able to have that awareness of what do you want to stick. If you know that you're trying to shift the way that you wind down in the evening because you want to have better sleep, then you want to figure out what needs to happen. You're you're not just going to listen to a bunch of stuff and then not do anything. You need to figure out what are your actionable steps, what goes into them, what you hope the outcome is going to be. You know, give yourself a way to kind of measure if it is or is not working for yourself. So you do have to actually take it from being passive listening to active learning. Thank you. (laughs) Because you're welcome. (laughs) I will be honest and say that I was not always doing that with podcast. It was the background noise. Oh, I don't feel like listening to trap music while I'm lifting today. So I'm just going to listen to podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Shane line, yo, Shane line. Shout out to my workout playlist. We'll make sure we link to it. it it's pretty ratchet. But yep. there are days where you don't feel like being ratchet in the gym. So I just listen to a podcast and call it a day. And as we transitioned into developing implicit explicit, being more conscious of really getting people to go from learning to taking action, I was like, oh, I'm doing that. I'm I'm doing the binge listening. <laughs> this episode right. ended on to the next. Ask me in 30 minutes what I learned in the last one. And I don't, I can't tell you one action I'm going to go take because it was background noise. Well, <laughs> and this is where I'm also going to pause to acknowledge that sometimes, you know, I don't remember what it was, but when um, Silver Immersion was really heavy into um, doing the hair and makeup for weddings and wedding season, I remember that, you know, people had to see or hear our name somewhere. I want to say it was like seven to 10 times or something before it actually stuck and they did something. And so there are times that we have to just repetitively take in something in order for it to stick. And each time that you listen to it, you're going to kind of pick up a different nuance. Each year we listen to the book, Essentialism yes. <laughs> by Greg McCowan. And each time when we we do that, we pick up something different. So I do want to acknowledge that there you're not going to listen to or read something the first time and pick up every single piece out of it. So please don't give yourself that expectation <laughs> either. You have to allow yourself to pick up what it is that you were supposed to pick up at that point, but also give yourself time to come back and revisit it but know that integration has to happen or you're not going to hold it because we receive so much information on a daily basis. We have to give our brains and our bodies some type of signal that, hey, I want to hold on to that part. Well, I appreciate you saying the signal piece. That has been huge for me specifically um, is taking the small action, which seems incredibly tiny, of saying, okay, after listening to this, I am going to open up my Apple notes or I'm going to, if I have a pen and paper in front of me, write down one thing that stood out for me, whether that was a takeaway 
or an action that I want to try to implement um, this week, like getting started with it like right away. And Mm -hmm. something about like taking away that one thing, it can be a simple word, it can be two words, it can be a sentence, but I try not to make it any more complicated than that. So I get it down and get back to what I'm doing has changed everything. And I'll say that the second piece that I feel like took me from maybe I was like a baby integrator, like I'm integrating-ish to like, (laughs) oh, now the magic is happening of seeing integration happening faster and feeling like it's more holistic and more like from a place of ease and flow has been to go and then take that action and share it, share it in community have conversation about what I learned, whether that's from a perspective of teaching what I learned, oh, I, I consume this and here's what I learned more formally, or just, hey, I was consuming this and I thought you'd find it interesting. But something about taking it from just that one liner to conversation with other people who I know care about me, I know want to keep me accountable for my goals has been all the difference. I think that that's such a huge piece because as somebody that is a verbal processor, I benefit from being able to have conversations about what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, what I'm learning, what I'm being exposed to. That's a big part of my integration. When I'm not able to kind of do that, I I do find that it is harder for it to stick. When I'm able to uh, listen to it or read it and then have this conversation particularly when I can have the conversation and it feels very organic versus like, I'm in a school building and I have to learn this thing. <laughs> um, it, 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 be, it normalizes it. And so that is a big part of the integration for me because then I'm able to take it in as knowledge versus oh, this is something else that I have to learn. Yes. Uh, I couldn't agree more with that. And I'll just say like one of the things that has popped up on my radar in this conversation as well is realizing that it's something about shifting and starting those conversations of what I'm learning has also shifted the kind of conversations that I had. Like this wasn't necessarily what I intended, (laughs) but there's like this old quote, please, Erica, you probably know this quote better than I do, but it's like (laughs) small minds talk about people. You know where I'm going with that? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I can't. It's like small minds talk about people. Average minds small, talk is, about events. Yes, and, and it was like large minds talk about like it's like concepts and or ideas. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Somebody out there consuming this, you know the quote. Send it to us in a DM on, at Flyer Fire on Instagram because it's completely slipped my mind. But we're close. But what it's essentially saying is, uh, I got it. I'm going to give it to you. Go ahead and look it up. Thank you. Small minds discuss people. Average minds discuss events. Great minds discuss ideas. I have no idea who originally said that. (laughs) This says Eleanor Roosevelt. This matter might not be true because, you know, Google will send you astray. However, this is what Google is telling me. Please feel free to correct me if it is not Eleanor Roosevelt. (laughs) Well, even more historical than I thought it was. Um, But there's something about that quote that is probably a little different when it was intending, but it's always stood out to me as like a reminder of like, what are you discussing? And for me, you know, it's also a reminder of how you can use conversation and shifting the types of conversations that you're having um, Mm -hmm. can actually shift your relationships 
And so having those conversations about ideas, what you're learning, um, new concepts and things like that, there's something that just kind of lights a fire in both people in those kind of conversations to where it's almost like infectious and you're feeding off of each other and you leave feeling energized in a way that conversations about past events or conversations about other people can kind of bring things down. And I know I just went a little bit more woo than this conversation was going, but no, but that's true though. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> and honestly, that type of conversation and, and context and knowledge and connection is what creates wisdom. Oh, I feel like you just dropped the mic. I don't, I don't think there's anything else to talk about here. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. But yes, it creates the wisdom. And I've also noticed it creates a very different type of friendships. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh, yes. It changes everything. It changes everything. And this is why like when I'm when I am around people and it's all the small, you know, mind type of thinking or it's like average at best and it stays there. I'm like, this this is not my people. Yeah, this we got work to do. I can't live I and can't talk about this. other people. No. <laughs> we have change we're trying to make here in the world. It's not right. going to happen like, from talking shit about other people. <laughs> no. And especially if it is literally staying there. If you were talking about it in order to go into a concept and what is next, like if you're using it as like, here's the example and here's the next piece, I get where you're going. But if it is just to live in the story, the coach in me, like we want to live in the story of it, something that has already happened that we can't change versus what can happen going forward. No. That's not how we make impact. Absolutely. So as we wrap up, I just want to say, I know we just probably gave the listeners a lot to think about. Very organic conversation. Just so y'all know, this is not like pre-scripted in any way. No. Um, I think it'd be cool to, to share our biggest takeaway. The biggest takeaway for me is that probably the conversation piece of like, don't just consume the stuff, share what you're learning. In a, in a space where you have community accountability for that and know that that will change the type of relationships that you have as well. Uh, and it's funny because my takeaway is similar. I think it's important to have an awareness of who's around you um, personally and professionally so that you can be clear on who you can have these types of really powerful conversations with to help that evolution and that integration so that you can take it from just, you know, this passive learning to, um, active learning and really move it into that space of, okay, now I am, you know, widening my wisdom base. Mm, I love it. Uh, oh my gosh. Thank you for listening to this episode. I so love this conversation with Erica. I feel like we have the best conversations. So giving you a bit of a spoiler alert, there will be more conversations with Erica coming to the podcast throughout the rest of this year. So make sure you stay tuned. And in the meantime, I'm also going to encourage you to head over to Pause on the Play. You're already listening in a podcast app. So dare I remind you to write down that one note. <laughs> and while you're opening up your phone to write down that note, head over and do a search in your podcast app for Pause on the Play. Over there, you will find over 150 episodes that Erica 
myself, guests have all come together and created to bring you something new to think about, something new to integrate in each episode that I can guarantee you will help you to completely reconsider your normal in life and in business. And as you integrate those things, you will notice that you're suddenly becoming prouder of the person that you are. You're suddenly noticing things change around you. And that is so important on the path of going where you want to go. So make sure you head over. Again, that is pause on the play. And I will see you on the next episode. The Font Your Fire podcast is recorded on the stolen land of my brother's ancestors, the Piscataway people. This land is known to many as the capital of the United States, Washington, D.C., and its surrounding area. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?